The name of the pod was our last, best hope for peace. It was the dawn of the third age of mankind, the year the Great War came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Babylon podcasts. The year is 2259. The name of the pod is Babylon 5. Episode 40, In the Shadow of Zahadun, in which Mr. Morden has Captain Sheridan's undivided attention and the secret history of the shadows is revealed. Coming to you live from the Kingdom of Nye in the high desert of the great American Southwest, this is The Name of the Pod, your Babylon 5 podcast, where we talk about the enduring cultural legacy of the great 1990s television program, Babylon 5. And I am, as always, one of your co-hosts, Chris Tatro. With me... John Cassie. How are things tonight, John? Things are great. How are things with you? Things are going very well. Yeah. Things are... are very well indeed. Very well indeed. And uh, very well indeed. Yeah. Yes. The the spring is in the air. We may have seen the last of the uh, of the April snows here in New England. Huh. Uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's still a week and change. Uh, yeah, of a frigid uh, fifty-one degrees this morning as we woke up. Yeah. How do you How do you survive? Yeah. Good thing we've got. Um, Good thing we've got a lot of junk mail lying around, so I could, so I could just sort of bur- bur- burn it to, uh, you know, yeah. to, uh, to to stave off uh, freezing to death. I, I thought you were going to say you you tunneled into it, you know, burrowed in, <laughs> made a warren That's inside right. the piles of junk mail. Um, yeah. Well, uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, we're hitting uh, one of the one of the big episodes of the the series. Um, this one, as they say, is all heat, no skits. This is in the shadow of Zahadum. Yeah, yeah, it is one of the most important episodes, certainly, of this program. Yeah. Um, quite possibly the most important episode of this program. Mm-hmm. Even when you take it, you look at all 100 of them. This is episode, what, about episode 40, right? Something in that neighborhood, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and the show runs about 100 episodes. So what we're looking at here is an episode where we finally get some of these threads tied together neatly and in a Mm -hmm. way that both Sheridan can understand and we can. And the more... The more tying together we get, the more horrifying what's being tied together is. Right, right. We've we've had some kind of tantalizing clues dropped throughout the first season and a half that finally we get this payoff here at the uh, at the forty episode mark. Um, filling in at what's really been going on and and setting our direction for the rest for the rest of the show um yeah this is this is you know this is the point where everything you thought the show was going to be about you know nope going in this other direction that's right it's just hard right turn that's right this is this is the kind of episode that lets you, as the viewer, kind of in on the secret, right? Mm, yeah. And and sort of in now on the narrative. Okay, I've been fainting, and I've been sort of bobbing and weaving, and, you know, we have the, uh, uh, you know, uh, are Morden's associates these shadows? Are they something else? You know, mm. um, the creatures that, the Narn countered in the first episode, in the first season, you know, how do they fit into this? Right. Right. You know, all of right. this kind of mystery is, is tied together. And we're sort of given as a viewer, our sort of marching orders, right? Mm. Pay attention now to what's coming because we have a major, major existential crisis for the entire galaxy that now we can explicate enough to you so that you can understand it and um, 
mm-hmm. and, and you know sort of start your way on the road to you know to fighting it you know when Sheridan says at the end I want you to train me I want you know I I need to I need to go there mm-hmm. if you go right. to Zaha Doom you will die uh, yeah great so great yeah. yeah okay I'm happy yeah. to die yeah but I am not going down easy, and I'm not going down alone, right? Right. And right. so some of that stuff with, with uh, you know, with the Narn, sort of, not the Narn, the Vorlons being a little, sort of a little prophetic, right? You know, sort mm-hmm. of prophecy speaking, right? You know, wh- mm-hmm. you know, what will happen to Sheridan? You know, inevitably, he will go to Zahadum. And then what? Yeah. And then what? And then yeah. what? Right? Um, right. Right. You know, this episode... Is so important mm-hmm. because the whole thing, the whole narrative, pivots, right. doesn't it? Yes. Okay. You thought yeah. this was one thing. Now it's another thing. Now in the pre-show, we were talking about the sort of sort of notion of what is it like when a what is it like when a program pivots, right? And where do we see this? In some of our, in some of the programs of its time. Okay, well, you know, I, yeah. we we don't. See My contention it in, is we yeah, don't. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> right. This is this is this is part of the, this is part of the 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 thing that makes this show such a standout piece of narrative storytelling mm-hmm. for its time, because mm-hmm. it is ambitious in a way. That contemporary programs weren't right, right, right. I I can't think of any show up until the mid '90s. I mean, I and I've been I've been thinking about it, trying to come up with something that gets you a season and a half in, and then says, "Oh, well, really." Here's what's going on, and and makes this kind mm-hmm. of abrupt turn. Now we're still going to be dealing with a lot of the other things from from those those first thirty nine episodes. You know the 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 uh, President Clark stuff, um, the Narn Centauri Wars. Those are all you know involved, but we have the real central push of the of the entire series is now revealed. Right. Um, and waiting 40 episodes to do that, I mean, good Lord. Right. I, you know, yes, I, I you know, I, I understand that, that television was a slower paced thing and that shows m- might not just be yanked off the air 10 episodes in or three episodes in if they don't perform well. But I, I really can't imagine anything today getting that much rope. To, to, to play with before showing what they're, you know, what they're really doing. Um, it's virtually impossible to think of the, to sort of think of a parallel, isn't it? Right? Yeah, yeah. We, and we, we, we sort of threw a couple around early on. Um, yeah. You know, you, you get, uh, you know, may as well go to the Deep Space Nine well first. Sure. You know, that's, that's, that's the inevitable. Um where you you uh, where the was it the Odyssey? I believe it was the Odyssey. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The 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 big galaxy class cruiser gets blowed up uh, in season two. You know that's that's the moment. And you know maybe it is about forty episodes. Yeah, right, in, right. But 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 that's the moment where you're like, whoa, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be different. This is a real a real threat. This Dominion. What the heck is going on here? That's right. That's um, right. Although I would, mm, yeah, I mean, Deep Space Nine was as uh, like the Dominion War was the the big thing of it. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, it it just doesn't feel like it's as much of a kind of shocking reveal as this, as this episode was. Okay, now let's let's pivot out of the sort of kind of reflecting on some of these other pivot episodes for a moment. Okay, sure. and talk about the way in which. Your point about DS9 sort of illustrates the differences between mm-hmm. the Star Trek universe and the Babylon 5 universe at its most mm-hmm. fundamental. Mm-hmm. Babylon 5 is really a piece of uh, 
epic fantasy. Okay. Yes. By which I mean, if you look at the work of the epic fantasy authors who, uh, you, you know, we we kind of know and love, your Tolkien's, uh, you know, your um, your Stephen Donaldson's, your George R. R. Martin's, etc. Okay. Mm-hmm. These authors embed the story you're reading, the story they're giving you, they embed it in what is called a legendarium, which is mm-hmm. to say, this slice of the story is taking place uh, in, you know, 3419 of the Third Age. It was the dawn of the Third mm-hmm. Age of mankind. That is epic fantasy, Right. Yeah, right from the first words. <clears throat> right, and that's epic fantasy in 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 a good way. Mm-hmm. You get within the environment of Middle Earth that you know your Frodo's and your Gimli's and all these cats are working in mm-hmm. an ancientness of history that is unprecedented in storytelling before this time. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you've got in Babylon 5 an equivalent claim, mm. okay, to what the Tolkens and Donaldsons and Martins, et cetera, et cetera, of the world are doing, right? You know, mm-hmm. George R. R. Martin, you know, the, you, the, um, the king who sits the Iron Throne is always, mm-hmm. is always titled as... Uh, well, I think I think the only person left likely to be able to be king is going to be Hot Pie, so uh, you know, sort of Hot Pie, the first of his name, king yes. of the king of the Andals, yes. one thread of the legendarium, the Roinar, mm-hmm. another distinct thread, and the First Men, a third thread. Okay, mm-hmm. um, yep. You know, Denethor, the steward of Gondor, has been steward. Yeah. The steward has been steward for millennia, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Sting, you know, Frodo's <laughs> sword by means of of of, of Bilbo. I, I thought you were pivoting to Dune here for a second. No, no, I got no, very excited. No. Uh, <laughs> the Baron Harkonnen. Uh, I will kill him. I will kill him. <clears throat> uh, no, the sword, well, mm-hmm. that's an artifact of the First Age. Right. Right? You know, we... we we watch the movie, we read the book, and Sauron is so is so malevolent. He's just so evil. <laughs> he's he's a lieutenant. Right. Right? He's he's yeah. like he's like Morgoth's flunky, right? Mm. I mean, can mm-hmm. you imagine? And that's exactly where B5 puts us, does isn't it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Delenn telling the story. To Sheridan is, and I referenced this three or four episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, history became legend, legend became myth, and uh, and ideas that should not have been forgotten were lost. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tolkien works on the on the mythical frame, where the gods live, and the legendary frame where the great heroes of old live, and then on the historical frame where we live. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Delenn does it. She's 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 got her uh, she's got her dates. Yeah. Millions of years ago, ten thousand mm-hmm. years ago, and then one thousand years ago. Okay. Well, the millions of years ago, that's the uh, that 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 that's that's uh, that's the primordial the primordial time, right? Mm-hmm. Then the ten thousand years ago is when the gods act. Right. right, and then a thousand right. years ago. That's when you're sort of your 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 legendary framework, and now it's now yeah. it's down to us. You know, Zeus, yeah, you're, you're, Hercules, uh, you mm-hmm. know, Odysseus, right? Yeah, your 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 sort of bridges between the gods and the mortals, right. Get involved at the one thousand year back right. line. Your elves, uh, your Mimbari. That's right. That's right. Yeah, are, are now on the stage. Right. Right. And. And that's a pivot 
unlike anything that anyone else is doing mm-hmm. in the 1990s. It's it's an extraordinary it's an extraordinary thing to do in episode 40, even though it's yeah. been partially prefigured, mm-hmm. right? You know, Del- yeah. Del- Del- Delenn talks about all the time the ancientness of the Mimbari people and, you know, the, the, the inscrutability of the, of the Vorlons, younger races and older, right? Lesser races mm-hmm. and greater, right? We're being yeah. given all of this, but... But when 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 he chooses to pay it off like this, well, now that's really extraordinary, mm-hmm. and 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 unheard of, right? And and you know the 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 issue ultimately is Star Trek doesn't operate on those time frames, so no. so it can't make the claim that Babylon Five does. No, it's 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 not trying to tell the same kind of story at all. Right. It's not it's not interested in the mythic. You know, it'll it'll occasionally dabble or throw out a reference to um what was it, the preservers? Was that the ancient race or the, the Takan Empire? You know, all these right. these right. these mighty forces that existed right. you know, tens to hundreds of thousands of years ago and whatnot. But you really don't, yeah. You, it's it's not interested in telling those kinds of stories, and and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. They don't matter for one, right? Um, to the to the stories, they're not they're not really relevant. Um, you go to a thing like like the Star Wars uh, universe, the first three films, you get something of a uh, of a history of a of a a depth and a, and a vision of a larger world, mm-hmm. but it's certainly not to the to the kind of of extent that that you get from Tolkien, that you get from um, uh, from Dune, mm-hmm. that you or from uh, or or here in Babylon Five at all. Yeah, yeah, and and there's nothing wrong with working on the heroic level, mm. right? I think that I think that that. Uh, most of the shows that we grew up with that are working on that that heroic level, we liked. They're they're just yeah. they're just great. But when Absolutely. we when we talk about the enduring cultural legacy of Babylon Five, it it's sort of the first show that gets multiple years to run mm-hmm. that makes the claim to having this kind of legendarium, right? And mm-hmm. we're going to bring right. the full range, all of it, the mythic, mm-hmm. the legendary, and the heroic, all together. Mm-hmm. And it's all mm-hmm. going to connect. It's all going to relate, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, go. I, I know, I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of other things even since then that have been that all-encompassing in, in TV and movies. Um, you might... I mean, the only thing that I can really think of that's that that hits all of those levels are the sort of Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, where you have literally the gods yes. and the, you know, the Iron Mans and then the Hawkeyes, um, you know, kind of all all interacting and and all telling their stories at their at their different levels of things going on. Yeah. Um, but and and you get some suggestions of that kind of stuff with with. Things like X Files, which tried to to dip into the whole with the mythology of of the Greys and the right. government conspiracies and hybrids and all um, that have been here for a very very long time. But I don't, you know, I don't feel like that one never really paid off properly, and uh, and two, it you know, it didn't it didn't it didn't embrace all of the levels you didn't have players at the high level it was all the sort of heroic grunts on the ground trying to deal with things they can't understand you know one of the things that we've said about babylon 5 is sort of how serious it is mm-hmm. it takes itself seriously it's earnest mm-hmm. uh it does not it does not approach itself ironically and the X-Files always mm-hmm. seem to. 
In other words, you know, we're going to, yeah. you know, we're going to, we're going to give you this and it looks like it's going to be a real answer. Mm-hmm. Oh, but not really because the oh, legendarium yeah. goes deeper. Oh, but it isn't yeah. really legendary. We're just sort of, you know, we're never going to let the characters actually know a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're never going to have that, that, that wall to sort of push off from. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And that was the most frustrating thing about that show is you'd, you'd get these moments like th- that felt like in the shadow of Zahadum. Right. You know, where like, oh, my God, I can't believe that, you know, Krychek is really, you know, Scully's child. And, you know, you know like, what's going on? Right. Oh, my God. I, you know, they cut off whose hand this week. And um, and then they do it again, like eight episodes later. Right. And then they do it again, and nothing ever, nothing ever kind of, like, as you say, the, the, the ground was, was too quicksand. It was like, right. you couldn't get footing. Right. Um, yeah, folks, it, because this is it. Babylon 5, yeah. this is the story. Yeah. This is the story of the last <laughs> of the Babylon stations, right? We are watching yeah. it in real time on this program, yeah. right? He's not going to jerk you around, mm-hmm. in other words. And that's right. that's to JMS and all the showrunners extraordinary credit, yeah. right? Now that's not to say that I don't think the Trek folks were jerking people around, but I, I often felt in in X Files like, mm-hmm. well, what am I supposed to believe here? Yeah. Right, and yeah, and and not in a way like say. Twin Peaks in the 90s and the, the most recent iteration, this, that, that sort of uh-huh. second series, right? There is clearly some ancient madness going on, you know, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that we're being told about, right? But because Lynch is such an abstract user of images and, and an inscrutable user of words... We're left wondering what we've clearly been told, but we can't really mm-hmm. figure it out, right? Which is right. All, which is part of the whole Twin Peaks shtick, right? Right. But not yeah. Babylon Five the, shtick. The atomic bomb episode, right? Exactly. Of the of the, the Twin Peaks uh, revival, My where word. there's there's really very little dialogue for forty minutes of the hour, as you say, completely inscrutable. Like, what are these images? What do these things mean? How do they tie into the story that I'm right. that I've been watching? Right. Um, but at the same time, that's Lynch giving you your your exposition. Yes. You know, that's that's, that's him what delivering you get. all the backstory, as opposed to all right, we're all going to sit down in Sheridan's quarters and and Delenn and to a lesser extent Kosh are going to fill you in on what's been going on here. Right. Right. We're going to give um, you the real skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if any, if, if if I had to ding this episode, and you know, I'm a huge hater, so I have to. Uh, on one thing, it's uh, it's the the sort of lengthy exposition, laying this stuff out. But there's really no other way to deliver it. You know, there's a there's a lot of this information that needs to be conveyed. Um, well, now, and now it's, <clears throat> you know, look, I, I I agree with you that it's a little lengthy. Mm. Where where exposition for me becomes a fail state is when the character being exposited to already knows what's being said. Right? Well, that's Sheridan true too. knows nothing. He's got some suspicions, mm-hmm. right? But he doesn't know mm-hmm. that holding Morden is exposing the galaxy to real risk. Commander, uh, Captain Sheridan, you have a decision to make. This is the most important decision you will make in your entire life. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Right? Mm-hmm. That was just laying it down. Yep. You're in command. It's your call. Understand that the decision you make is the most important thing you will ever decide. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. Right? Now, watching it for the first no time, pressure. I'd be like, oh, wh- wh- what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. This thing is the most, this one decision this is the most important. Right. How? Why? Right, and, right. You know, just like, uh, you know, b- back to, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, 
you know, some some programs with uh, or some some fiction with these kind of legendary structures around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Gandalf, I, mm-hmm. I will not touch it. No, no, I won't touch that ring. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what would happen to me. Right, Elrond. Mm-hmm. No way. Keep it away from me. Right. Right. What are we going to do? Well, I'm not taking it. Right. Galadriel, mm-hmm. you offered it to me and I didn't take it. Right? Yeah. I will I, I, I will go into the West and remain Galadriel. Remain Galadriel. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. what a line, right? Yeah. I'm gonna stay me by not mm-hmm. going anywhere near that terrible thing that you, yeah. Frodo Baggins, appear able to carry. Mm-hmm. Right. That you and your yeah. and you know and your and your and your folk, right? It's because they have a lower corruption value. That's right. Yeah, it's all mm-hmm. yeah, they yeah. it's a D four rather the game than a D twelve, right. Um, yeah, and 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 that that idea, you are going to make a decision. Mm-hmm. It's the most important thing you're going to do. Well, what writer of a television program puts that kind of a burden on a, on a on a character, right? It's so rare. Yeah, or it's overused. Okay, go and, go and but it doesn't mean week, anything. Right, that's 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 the point. Yeah, if if every couple of weeks, you know that that uh, um, Agent Coulson has to make these kinds of right. life or death decisions, you know, risking his his team. Well, you know, okay, by about the seventh time it happens, you know, you're you're like, okay, well, he's gonna clearly, you know, side with his team and you know make this decision. You know, it it it, it lessens it lessens the impact, um, and. And it's also the environment in which it's delivered, the the context, the conversation in which that that point is made to Sheridan. Right. Um, you know, when when Kosh and Delenn come looking for you <laughs> to tell you right. that you have to make an important decision. Right. You know that that's that's more significant than when Veer comes to your office and says, mm-hmm. "Oh, the you know the Centauri would like this guy released," or when you know. Pretty much everybody else on the show has lined up at your door to come in and say, "You really should let this guy go." Right. Um, you know, except for except for Jakar and Londo, who you know were off doing other things. But yeah, you know, and and to all these other people who've come to him, Sheridan is just like, "Nope, right? Nope, this is too important to me. I need to know." Right. But you get those two coming in the door. Okay. Right. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a breath and listen to this conversation right. because it's right. going to be it's gonna be important. Yeah. So, you know, from 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 my perspective at least, what, what makes this episode so extraordinary is its audacity. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's its willingness to go to a place where I don't think most viewers had any sense that it was coming. I didn't. Mm. I didn't I didn't know it was no. coming. And and that it's it's just so it's so delightful it's so rare to get mm. something like this in television you know i think about yeah. um i think about lost mm-hmm. we're going forward yeah what? we have to go back kate we have what we have to go back back what yeah mm-hmm. i mean that was that was that yeah. was just nifty right Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. w- watching over and over again in the first season of Jessica Jones, as she's trying to outmaneuver, um, what's the villain's name? The Purple Man. Yeah, the yeah, Kilgrave. Kilgrave. Yeah. God bless. Uh, mm-hmm. And can't do it, and she's trying to. She can't. She can't. She can't. She finally mm-hmm. does. Extraordinary, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you, I don't know, you just get, you get that so rarely in yeah. anything that when it comes, that, you know. That first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Um, where, where, you know, the first, I, you know, I gave up on the show, you know, a handful of episodes in was like, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's just not going to be for me until I think it was episode 17. It's 17, turn, that's turn, right. Turn, yeah, turn. yeah. And, and someone's like. Dude, you need to go back and watch this show. So I was <laughs> right, like, uh, right, right, okay. Right. I mean, I gave. I'm not going to watch all of them, but just 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 watch this one episode. Holy cow! And and that's that's a pivot that 
that set the tone for the entire remainder of the series. Right. Um, it's not mythic. Right. Well, some of it is. Uh, it's it's been all over the place, but uh, uh, but yeah, that was you know any any time a show you know gets you standing up from the couch and and clutching your head <laughs> like your Talia Winters who's just seen like weird shadow things in right, a hallway, right, right. Um, you know, then that's that's mwah, right, you know, magnifique, right. Um. Yeah, so so with with this we're properly launched, aren't we? I think so. Right? Yeah. It's only taken us 40. Yeah. And yeah. and a lot of the stuff that we were moaning and groaning about in the in the early days of the program, you know, tell us more, yeah. tell us more, tell us more. We've yeah. we've reached the point <laughs> where where we now know enough to be told what we really need to know. Right. Right. And, right. you know, all right. So, you know, look, you, you and I are, are, are uh, old. So we've watched mm-hmm. a lot of uh, non-prestige format television. But we've also yes. watched a lot of prestige format television at this point. So we're sort of, mm-hmm. you know, looking for narratives to be a little faster out of the gate, maybe. Right? Yes. And yeah. uh, I think that given what B5 did in this episode, it was totally worth the wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there were hints. You know, there were yeah. little things here and there. You know, I'd I'd completely forgotten. Big surprise uh, about the the Delens. You know, did you did you tell him my ask him my question exactly and what was his answer? Uh, right. You know, I, that had oh yeah, I remember that part. You know, that, yeah. Didn't didn't think of it at the time. Right. Right. Um, you know, so many so many little bits. To uh, to keep track of yeah uh, well and 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 the show expects you to keep track of them, mm-hmm. which is another uh, yeah. uh, you, you know I I would I would place a flag on that on that point mm-hmm. as one of Babylon Five's great cultural legacies in the, in the in right. the area of television you know no mm-hmm. you are going to have to keep track of things right. And they will not be easy, and I will not make them easy for you. Mm-hmm. And that's right. in everything now. Be, yeah, right. It, be, because it's a continuous story. It's not. Uh, it's not a, a one and done episodic kind of thing. Um, you know, there were long running stories that had been done before this, obviously in soap operas sure. and, and nighttime soaps and things like that. Um, but not so much in the genre stuff, I think, because the I, I would I would just guess the the attitude among uh, network executives was that the the kind of audience for these kinds of things is is not able to handle yes. these. You know, quite ironically, because if you've ever talked to a nerd about their favorite. <laughs> uh, Right. You know, their favorite book series right. or, or right. a film series, boy, are they going to hold on to the details of right. it. We're the only um, ones who can keep track of those details. And you won't it, give us exactly. a show that give that makes us do it? Yeah. Right? It, What's it's wrong like with you? We, we, oh, well, we're, 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 we can't make these comic books too complex because, you know, the readers won't won't follow and understand them. Oh, okay. Okay, sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Open. yeah, go into go into rec.arts.comics.lsh <laughs> and you know for a week and tell me how you you know what you think of after that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, look, he's he's taken us seriously as an audience. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And he's taking his characters seriously as a writer, and and he's giving us a real proper existential menace right yes morden mm-hmm. is a proper menace but he's mm-hmm. nothing right he is nothing mm-hmm. as it turns out right uh i mean i, I don't know the, the the reveal of the shadows you, you know when they're yeah. butzing with the controls and you know mm-hmm. you see them in that you know he is never alone Captain, yeah. he's never alone. What the f are you talking about, mm. Delenn? Right? Uh, yeah. And when he gets that confirmation, oh my god! Yeah, 
you know, I was still like, oh, yeah, that's a nice piece of work. Right. Right. Because you know, up to this point, you could believe from Londo's, you know, dealings with Morden that he's the one calling the shots. That's right. That he's in control of these massive shadow ships uh, that have uh, that have been destroying the Narn. Bless you, Max. Um, and uh, now, no. Yeah, no. Now he's yeah. he's such no. he's such the you know he's the the henchiest of henchmen. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, I, I think it goes back to this point that we were sort of talking about at the beginning of the episode. We're so accustomed to these things working on the sort of heroic level or at most the legendary level mm-hmm. that the intrusion of a mythic level enemy is like O M G. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish we had more of it, frankly. Yeah. I I, I like this kind of multi tier storytelling. Totally. What else was on our agenda, Chris, for this episode? Well, we we certainly can't uh, let our time run out without referencing maybe the best scene in the entire series. Without question. Absolutely. And, and you know, we're not alone in this. This this caught us when it first aired, and you, know, you see people reference it endlessly. Uh, Veer and Morden right. in the Zocalo. Right. With the... Candlestick. Yeah. Um, yeah. At Tanagra. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, it, you know, not only is it, is it a great delivery from Veer. Yeah. Um, and a great line and, you know, great written, but it's really, it really shows the evolution of Veer as a character. Totally. Totally. Um, you know, who knew he had it in him? Right. Who is this Vircoto? <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and it's so great to see really, uh, uh, you know, a- any Centauri demonstrating some sort of moral capacity. <laughs> I think Veer has it all. You yeah. know, he sort of gathered it up from all of them. Right. And That's he why was he the was first in line at the mor- moral capacity uh, booth. Right. Yeah, that's why he was shipped off Centauri Prime. Nobody wants all of his moralizing. Yeah. Right. But but really, even just a couple episodes ago where he's where he's, you know, whimpering over his, his second, you know, pangalactic gargle blaster or whatever he was right. drinking there. Right. And, you know, having this huge crisis of confidence. Uh, I mean, he's he's said before he doesn't like Morden, but he knows what Morden's capable of. That's right. That's right. It's like... He knows what's going on. Right. It's like he knows what Delenn and Kosh know. You know, in yeah. his own way. In his own way, yeah, mind yeah. you. Right. Uh, I, I don't think he doesn't know the scope. Right. But he certainly knows, you know, as he says, you know, that, that you know, some favors come with too high a price. Right. Um, and he's, he's willing to stand up for that. Yeah. And, you know, that is... That is not the veer we started with. Can you and your associates arrange that for me, Mr. Morden? Mm. Oh, scathing. Yeah. God, I just love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, the, uh, and the flippant wave at the end, Mr. Morden. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Killer. It's beautiful. A killer. Yeah, I, I, think, mm-hmm. uh, I think one of the best scenes, you know, in, in, mm-hmm. in, in, the, in sci-fi TV. Yeah. And certainly, uh, certainly the best the best scene we've seen yet on this program. I no. wonder if it resonates with us and with others so much, because really it's the I'm going to go into the the, the stereotypes. Well, go here. there. Um, it's it's the chubby nerd, right? You know, insecure. Uh, you know. Standing up to the like well polished, you know, prom king captain of the football sure, team. He's got sure. it all. His hair is slicked back. Um, you know, he's got those cheekbones for days. Yep. Um, yeah, it has yeah, to be it, that, right? It, it, it's gonna be. Part, I mean, it's gonna be part of it. It's gonna be part of why JMS wrote it in the first place. Sure. 
Um, yeah, it has to be. That's why. That's why Veer gets, you know, Veer gets his arc. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And Veer is us. Yeah, and uh, I think that that may be why. Um, you know, when uh, we've 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 talked about the, um, the number of people on this cast who have passed. Mm. Right, and. Uh, it seems to me that there was a special outpouring of appreciation for Stephen first. Yes. Right. And I think that that might speak to your point a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because he really was, uh, uh, in so many respects, the beating heart of this, of this program from that moral, Mm -hmm. from that moral centering perspective. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know any of these actors, and I'm I'm not one of these people that really delves into the lives of actors. Yeah, and, right. You know who they are. Reads. I I know I don't particularly like interviews of actors, not just of this show, but of 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 anything. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm with you. And, but I get the sense that of all of them, he's the one I would have most liked to you know sit down and have dinner. Yes, with. indeed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah d- definitely. Just just I I don't want to hear any Hollywood stories. No, no I just want to talk to you. Yeah. Right. I want to have dinner and play a board game. That's correct. Yeah. You know, I think it'd be a great time. Yeah. Just hanging out. Exactly. I think I get the sense that if I wanted to hang out with somebody and, and hear great stories that Andreas Katsoulis would be the one. Yeah, sure. You know, but, but again, completely unfounded here. I don't know. You know, I know there are people listening probably who have a much better sense of, of who, who these people were and their personalities and that kind of thing. But that's just the impression I get. Yeah, I, I get the impression that that Katsulas, uh would have been one of these great expansive storytellers who can, uh, uh, you know, who could, um, you know, who, who who could who could keep a room of of a hundred people in the palm of his hands, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I I suspect that the that the guy telling me the 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 sort of interesting dirt might have been mm-hmm. Bill Mooney. Because mm-hmm. you know, his career is all sorts of wackadoodle, right? So he's, yeah. he's got all kinds of connections and 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 uh, uh, you know and history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's got the the music side. He's got the the TV side. Yeah, yeah. So so we've got in this episode, you know, kind of trying to bring us more, you yeah. know, kind of kind of wrapping uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. The the f- being made fully aware of what the legendarium for this program looks like. Fantastic. We know what the yep. mythic frame, the sort of legendary frame, and the heroic frame, okay? And we've been living mostly in the heroic frame. Now it's like, whoa, it's way bigger mm. than you realized. Fantastic, mm-hmm. okay? We get Veer connecting us up to that by flipping yep. more than the bird, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what do I want? I want to see you dead your head on a on a pike, fantastic. Yep. Okay, but lest we get confused, we're not going to move up into this mythic frame and stay there. We've got this business with the Ministry of Peace, mini packs, as mm. we like to call it around the office. Oh, he oh, was ho, ho. he was smarmy, wasn't he? He he was so smooth Ooh. and and Ooh, I we just wanted to slap him. But I like that we get somebody, you know, coming in from Earth Dome yep. that is actually kind of smooth and talks very reasonably and, you know, tries to explain how these things really are in your best interest. Right. And this is, you know, this is what we're doing and it's it's really good for everybody. Right. As opposed to, you know, the best negotiator Earth, Earth Dome could send. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to come in and, and, and yell at people right. until they submit. Right. Um, you know, we, we actually get a, you know, we get somebody who's going to be a spokesperson for an agency. Right. Like who this. would be believed. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the reason why I wanted to reach into the television and slap him wasn't mm. because he was, uh, you know, overacting. Oh my God, mm. way over there in the distance. Is that a piece of scenery I haven't been chewing on? <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it was someone who was yeah. actually, you know, it's like. Who is hiring these people, right? Who hired mm. Ari Benzane to do this job? It makes no sense, yeah. right? The people yeah. hiring 
uh, Pierce. I can't remember his last name, but you know, th- th- uh, this this character, right, 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 right. The people hiring him were like, "Oh yeah, we know exactly who who we mm-hmm. need for this kind of gig," and he was entirely believable. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, we've you know, even even without foreknowledge of what's of what's coming with Nightwatch, you know, uh, we we've been around long enough that you have somebody standing up there saying, you know, we just want you to keep an eye on your neighbors and report back anything suspicious. Right. Um, right. You know, it's 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 not the see something, say something kind of uh, you know level of of heightened paranoia that we've got going on uh, culturally today, but it's the you know please feel free to turn in your your you know your upstairs neighbor who you think may be practicing some sort of sedition um you know you, it's a it's a it's a nice little it's got a nice warm stalinist feel how are we ever going to be unified at home if if people who just need a little bit of re-education are are, are left to drown in their own their own incorrect thought it's good for the good of everyone you know, all we need to do is is show them the right way to be. That's right, and you know, uh, and we can't have them, you know, practicing uh, being disharmonious. Right. Um, was that was that the term that was used in the prisoner? Oh, when he was no, he was unmutual. Unmutual. That's he right. Was unmutual. Oh, yes. That. Oh. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, questions are a burden to others. Answers a prisoner's uh, a, 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 answers a prisoner oneself. Yeah. Oh, Mary. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a show with some good propaganda. Big time. Uh, and and talking about a lot of the same. Yeah. You know these same kind of issues that Night Watch and and the whole EarthGov thing is bring right. is is bring up the creeping pleasant face of fascism. That's right. That's right. Um, and you know, look, you know, the, I, I was doing some reading, you know, today, uh, you know, kind of on this episode or whatever, and. Mm-hmm. People were citing the armbands and other, mm. and the, the, the crosstalk was, well, UN soldiers wear armbands and, you know, the Red Cross wears armbands. And I'm mm. like, yeah, yeah. If you're going to do this in a, sci- in, a, in a television program, an armband does not read as UN. It always mm. reads as well, Nazi. That depends on what you think of the UN, frankly. Oh, God. <sighs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I am um, two minutes on Stephen Franklin's statements about religion. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I was sort of intrigued by whether we're going to get more development of what he called, I think, foundationism. Foundation, foundationism. Yeah. 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 Um, as a, you know, as a person, I'm just speaking now. For my for myself, uh, who wasn't really raised in a in sort of in a faith tradition, you know, I've always found uh, Unitarian Universalism very appealing because of its sort of creedless nature and its uh, uh, its kind of uh, uh, it's kind of glorifying the journey that you happen to be on to gain wisdom mm-hmm. and knowledge and, you know, to kind of try to access the ineffable, right? And mm-hmm. I'm listening to this foundationist kind of just this little business from from Franklin. Mm-hmm. And and I... The Zeno's paradox yeah, thing. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And, and as he's talking, I, you know, what I said to myself was, that's almost inevitably what I would be if I were... If, if, I, if you transported <laughs> me into... Mm-hmm. The Babylon Five universe, I, I would find that philosophy likely to be very appealing. Yeah, uh, I don't think that we know enough of it from the little exposure that we got here to be able to really get a full sense of it. Yeah, um, you know, it's 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 just kind of a uh, it's it's sort of just a th- throw off couple of couple of lines, right. you know, in, in the same way that if somebody said, "Oh, well, you know." You know, Christianity is all about you know being you know treating your treating your neighbor as you would be treated, and you know turning the other cheek and 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 loving your fellow man. Well, sure, you know fundamental principles, but you know there's so much more that's going right, on that's in right. there that that uh, and yeah, it'd be interesting to know more of it. Um, it felt 
even with the little we got, it, it felt kind of Heinleinian. Yeah, you know, sort of like a like a kind of Heinlein religion or like. Um, Good grief! What was it, David Gerald? A uh, mode training, right? Um, Nicely done. You know, which was which wasn't a religion, but what, wow! How am I actually remembering? It's, a, it's a you know to quote uh, our uh, the the Roderick on the Line podcast that we listen to and like yes. so well. It's a thought technology. It is, yeah. yeah. It then that, that's that's really all it is that 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 uh, Franklin was uh, was espousing. Yeah, it's the it, it's you line your brain up in this way to think about kinds of religious issues, right? And, uh, you know, the details don't necessarily matter as much as the big picture. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've said about past episodes, yeah, a little light on content. And then we get episodes mm. like this, which are like content, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. No skits. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and now, you know, now we're, you know. It's not the dawn of the third age of mankind anymore. We're in it. Yeah. Right. And Boom. you know, uh, and we're we're going to be uh, moving very rapidly towards uh, the opening up of of consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, on the heroic and the legendary and the mythic scales. Can't wait for yes. for what's coming. You know, I I was doing yep. some uh, I was doing some noodling around on uh, Lurker's Guide. And I, I looked at a couple of episode synopses from, you know, from sort of like fourth season and whatever. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, I remember that episode. It was so powerful. And then, oh, that episode was so powerful. Right. So uh, yep. uh, I'm, I'm already projecting forward uh, yes. into third yeah. and fourth season. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very keen to get there. Because I feel like, all right, well, now now we're off and running. Yeah, I mean, we've only got five more episodes left here in season two. It's extraordinary. We're 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 practically at the end of of this, and then we're you know close to halfway through the show. Yeah, yeah, um, it's amazing. But you know, and we hope that you'll you'll come back, folks, to join us for those last five episodes, and then uh, onward through the rest of the journey. Uh, let us know uh, what you what you think. Um, you know, clearly this is one of our favorite episodes. We're really curious to know what you think of it. Uh, as well, I think we can probably guess you're probably keen on it. Um, In all likelihood, but let us know on yeah, let us know on face on our Facebook page. Um, you can find us there. The name of the pod. Uh, you can email us at the name of the pod at gmail dot com. That's all one word. The name of the pod. Uh, you can do a general Google search to find the page uh, directly where we'll eventually have show notes up. Um, and uh, join us again next week uh, when we come back with Confessions and Lamentations. Until next time. Talk, talk to you Cheers. then. Cheers.